and go. Hi, my name's Mark. Uh, my favourite podcast is Radio Lab, and you are listening ahead, the podcast about podcasts. <laughs> 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 Hey there, this is Alice Hamilton and you're listening ahead, the podcast about podcasts. Each episode, three of us get together and we'll get a little fresh with a different podcast and decide if we'll text it back. First on deck, let me introduce my podcast pals. It's former karaoke host, Tony Wall. (laughs) And the lady who didn't watch commercial TV till high school, Alex Bailey Charteris. (laughs) First up, I want to say a quick hi, hi, hi to all of the people in the real world and in the interwebs world who have subscribed, liked, retweeted, or provided real-life support for our podcasting expedition. We've even started a Google Doc to keep track of all the recommendations that have been coming our way. So keep it up and we can continue to bathe in the glory. This week we're talking true crime podcast, Bowerville. But before we get into that, I want to hear what you guys have been listening to. So first up, Alex. This week I was recommended a podcast called Call Your Girlfriend. Have you heard that one? I have heard of it, but I haven't listened to it. Oh, it's really, really good. You should, Tony, I'm not looking at you. You should not listen to this podcast. I'm not calling my girlfriend. It's fantastic. It's two um, very smart, very charming American ladies and their BFFs. But they live on opposite sides of the country in the States. And um, they just basically call each other up and have these hilarious conversations. They're really smart. And they kind of feel like the younger American version of maybe an Annabelle Crab Lee Sales scenario. So they talk about what's happening in the world and what they've read and it's really, really fun. All right. Well, I'll I'll be be very interested to pursue that. Yeah. Um, (laughs) Tone, what about you? This week I got a recommendation on Facebook to listen to Brett Easton Ellis's podcast, Great. which, as we know, is who was famous for American Psycho and films such as Less Than Zero. Mm-hmm. Um, I can see from your faces maybe you're not such big fans of Brett Easton Ellis, and I have to admit that I'm not, well, I wasn't a huge fan of him either. Um, but in this podcast, it's super interesting. He talks about potentially the end of novels and says that, well, maybe, maybe we're done with novels, which is pretty uh, interesting stuff coming from a writer. I have to say, my, probably my number one objection to Brett Easton Ellis is that he's not super well known for very in-depth, intricate female characters. Um, and as a raving feminist, that's always put me off. So I'll be interested to see if he has changed his view on that. Okay, let's get into it. Um, So, guys, I mentioned a couple of weeks ago that I'd been listening to the Bowerville podcast, and organically, that's actually the podcast I've been recommending most to people lately, and that's why we're chatting about it this episode. Mm. Um, However, for the listeners, up front, I've got a couple of warnings. Um, Firstly, this isn't going to have a lot of lols. It's quite a serious subject matter, but it's really interesting, so please stick with us. And secondly, we're going to discuss the whole series in this episode. So if you'd prefer, put us on pause, go listen to the show and come back in about two hours and listen to us discuss it. If you're still on board, let's delve in. This is a podcast from the Australian newspaper and particularly created by the crime journalist Dan Box about uh, three Aboriginal children who were murdered 25 years ago in 
a rural New South Wales town of Bowerville, and there's a strong local suspect for these murders who's never been convicted. There's six episodes in total and they're all out, and the podcast has pushed the case to move forward in the courts. This is being billed as the Australian serial. Alex, do you agree with that comparison? I completely do. And I think that the Australian pretty much just was like, newspapers are dying, podcasts seem big, let's fish around and talk to all of our true crime reporters and see which case we can turn into a serial. And Cynical but fair. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think just from, it's so obvious as soon as you start listening to it, it's got very similar piano tune and then they use interviews with people to preempt the entire series. Um, even the naming format of the episodes, it's all like the murders, the investigation, the suspect, and that's really similar to the way that Serial was doing it. So basically. Let's stitch up a guy called Jay. No, that is just really unfortunate that the suspect <laughs> in this one happens to be Jay as well. Um, and that's not to take away from the story itself. Yeah, look, I'd say that I, I would agree with what Alex said and I would say that the big contrast for me in this is that it's not a whodunit like Serial. Like, that's what kept us going with Serial, trying to find out who did it um, and to a certain extent, if he did do it, why did he do it? Um, with this podcast, it's not really about that. It's about how did he get away with it? Do you think that's true? You don't think it's a whodunit? I, don't, I think it's a whodunit. Well, I don't think it's framed as a whodunit because from the very beginning, it's the, they're very loosely calling him a suspect. Every person yeah. who comes on this is saying he did it and there's no viable alternative. There's no one thrown out there. They don't seem to go on a mission to find out who did it. I guess the thing the with Serial, right, is that in Serial they're trying to prove Adnan innocent, whereas this one it almost feels like they're trying to prove someone guilty. That night there'd been a party, a lot of people, a lot of drinking. Looking back, one face stands out. He wouldn't say much. He was t- tall, big and silent. And he'd just be there. And he'd all of a sudden appear. He must probably be there for a long time. And then you'd just see him come into view. And I never liked him. I never spoke to him. I didn't. And I always used to argue with mother. Why do you have that man in this house? I don't like him. There's something wrong with him. Did you think, I mean, did you think it added something to it or brought it really close to home, the fact that it's, like, so Australian? Like, it's one of the things I actually really like about this podcast is it's, like, you're hearing Australian voices that you don't often hear, like, especially in the media or on podcasts. Um, Like, it's, like, real super rural Aussies. And I kind of really, like, embraced that. But even down to Australian birdsong in the background of people talking, um, like there's there's lots of really rich imagery coming through the recordings that he's done that that makes it really really country Australia. For me, what I enjoy about this being a podcast, not just the story in the Australian newspaper, is that if it had just been a newspaper article, I wouldn't have felt as swept up in it as I would have like hearing the actual voices of the people so close to it. What was your reaction? How did you feel when you heard what happened? Oh, I was just heartbroken, you know, because for us, for the Statham's family especially, we've got friends who just live not far up here and we drive out this way thousands of times and to think what we drove past her was just heartbreaking and, you know, just kill you that she was just there all that time and we didn't know. You know? That just breaks my heart. It just breaks my heart. This is obviously really 
this is prime for 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 audio, isn't it? I mean, what you feel and what you hear in those in those voices is just pure emotion, and you wouldn't get that from the newspaper. Um, this story has been around for years, completely passed me by, and it it appears in this podcast podcast format, and all of a sudden everyone's hooked, and it is such a good way to tell this story. Yeah, and that's completely. I completely agree with that. I think um, the reason I did. <laughs> This is going to sound controversial, but I think that the reason that this podcast has been able to be so successful is because it kind of hides race initially. If you listen to the intro of the first episode, he doesn't mention that the three murdered children are Indigenous for quite a few minutes coming in. And by stripping away the race issue at the beginning, I think that kind of bypasses a lot of people's inherent racism and allows them to connect with the story in, in a way that they wouldn't be able to connect with it if they were seeing Aboriginal people on screen. I think that's a really uh, interesting point. I'd never thought about it that way. I think race is just one of the building blocks of why or how he got away with it. And I think there's other ones that are just as uh, as reasonable to think that they're, they're, this is why it happened. And the fact that people were racist towards um, these people and didn't care as much about them, I think is only one part and it is equal to other parts. What are the other um, parts? Well, I'd, I, I think that there is a, there's a huge part to, of the law to play in this. Um, the very nature of the cases, um, you'd have to say, were quite um, unique in that they were very, uh, they don't seem to be connected. Uh, you know, it's called a serial murder, but I, I don't know if you guys thought that this seems like a normal serial killer. They definitely, I mean, they definitely serve it up as if there is a serial killer, right? Like even in like the little clipped, clipped up intro. We're talking about the, the serial killer. New South Wales police don't have a great deal of experience investigating serial killings. Whereas like as he makes the case throughout, it, you know, it turns out that like legally this case isn't considered a serial case. And I think there's probably like a few examples, I think, of that editorialising throughout. I would agree with that. I think he takes a lot of shortcuts. I feel like he's just taken a certain path and cho chosen to show everybody the certain path. I noticed a big difference because they got this whole podcast basically out in the space of like one or two weeks. And I think that there's a big difference in production values between the story that's created in the first like one to three episodes and then the the remaining that they've done when things come out about the case and then they end up you know actually speaking to Jay like those episodes are much much weaker fly. sort of like some of them like narratively don't quite make sense like why are they driving out to Jay's house and because they're out copying the cereal they're totally doing a cereal because Sarah Koenig and her producer Dana went and like parked in the Best Buy lot and then they drove out they the way the that they did the drive yeah. he just literally was like and then we go and do a drive his evidence about that morning is complicated so Eric that's the producer and I went to the property where he was living to recreate his movements on that day See if that would make sense of what Jay said. Cool. So according to Jay's evidence, he set his alarm for between 5.15 and 5.30. Okay. he had to get up and be at uh, work in the town. It's now 2.17. The bell rang at exactly 2.15. Say the fastest she could have gotten to her car is two minutes. So that's giving the state the benefit of the doubt, right? It does feel really a little bit like we're on a well-broadcast witch hunt for one guy 
who, you know. I would have said that if I'd listened to the first three episodes only, Mm -hmm. but I do feel like there's been a significant change in tone for the last two. I feel like as soon as he got in touch with them, that they put out an episode that was like, oh, we better do a quick case for Jay just to kind of make it balanced. Are are you saying you don't think he did it? No, 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 no. I I don't, I'm not saying that. But I think it is harder to believe that somebody's done it once you've heard a 45-minute conversation with just a guy who sounds like a regular Aussie guy. But the bottom line is those three kids are still murdered and somebody did do it. Like, I don't necessarily think that the ending was as even-handed as maybe you do. I don't think it was that even-handed either. You, you, if you hear the full extent of that 40 minutes, Dan Box is trying hell for leather he's to catch him up. And he is being, he's trying all sorts of little clever tactics. And Yeah, but guess what? He, he doesn't, doesn't catch him up. He doesn't, he doesn't catch him do up. He doesn't do it. But not... And, he, and, he, ends, and he, ha- he makes the choice to publish that phone yes. call. So he is being even-handed by I proving that he so. wasn't able to. So with all the information that Dan Box and this podcast have brought you, did, were you convinced? Did you think that Jay had done it? Yeah, after hearing him talk, I was a little bit swayed. But in the end, yes, I do think he did it. Uh, and the reason, mainly my reason for that is that there was, there's absolutely no one else who could have. And he, he was so drunk on all those occasions um, that he wouldn't remember it. And I think he has actually convinced himself that it was just a dream or, and he's just managed to com- somehow completely imagine those things that happened but a couple what of is juries. That, I mean, I don't want to be rude, but like, what is that based on? You've listened to six episodes of a podcast. Okay. It's great that you've got I'm really strong feelings. No, it's fine. Like, it's great that you've got really strong feelings about this, but you're completely uninformed beyond the world that's been set up for the podcast. But really, like, none of us know anything. But we literally don't know. That is all really good chat, but I feel like we maybe need to lighten the mood slightly to keep people with us. Uh, so before we make the final judgment on Barrowville, it's time for... Tone, you are up this week. I am up this week, Al. So just a quick reminder how this works. I'm going to give you the name of a podcast. You're going to try and guess what it's about. Okay. All right. You ready to rock? Yeah. I'm so ready. This week, we are looking at a podcast called It's a Duck Blur. Oh, wow. Oh. It's not sexual. We can't we can't turn this into a sex <laughs> no, thing. I don't know if you can. Go on. I'm keeping it PG thing. from now Thank on. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> it's a duck blur. Okay. So I guess my first initial thinking is that it's about duck hunting. Is it a pun? It's a duck... Like, is this something that I'm missing? I think I'm going to have to give you a little clue. Oh, yeah, yeah. please. I'd love a, clue? a clue. Okay. Um, I won't give you the episode. I'm just going to sing something for you. And it'll probably... Hopefully this will give it away. Okay? Oh, I'm intrigued. <laughs> oh, God. It's a musical clue. I'm not going to guess before you do this. I'm going to sing the, this title and see if this helps. Okay. It's a... <laughs> Duck blur. <gasps> oh my god, is it literally about Scrooge McDuck? Yes, and it then... is. <laughs> Were you singing the DuckTales theme song? Yes, I was. <laughs> I Join dynamic husband and wife team Michael and Sarah as they watch every single episode of the 1987 Disney classic series DuckTales. Oh, you And would then love talk about this, them Tony. for your auditory pleasure. That's Myself it. The mystery. We've oh, made all the podcasts. Love. Everyone pack up, go home. <laughs> That is ridiculous. I'm looking forward to that one. So let's get back to Barrowville. This week I want to try something a little different to finish off the episode. Um, As I said, Barrowville, the podcast, has already finished, 
but so I can't ask if you would subscribe. But what I wanted to ask is who you would recommend this podcast to and who you would not recommend this podcast oh, to. Oh, man. I actually, I'm, I'm, I, I would recommend this podcast uh, to anyone who likes podcasting because I think that there is, there is such good content, particularly towards the end. I actually think that the last episode, which is the phone call episode, is just an incredible discussion. The way you are just, you are listening in on a real conversation with something that you just wouldn't otherwise get. I think it's incredibly dramatic and uh, I, would, I would therefore recommend this podcast. So somebody asked me what we were recording tonight and I said Barable and they said, oh, I haven't heard it, should I listen to it? And I said, well, it's about murdered children and racism and the paralysis of our justice system. So it depends how strong you're feeling. She's a little bit hormonal at the moment and was like, I think I'll take a pass. And I would also say I wouldn't recommend it necessarily for people with children, but that's not actually true. I think it's compulsory listening. I think you have to, you have to listen to this. I think as an adult in Australia, you have a responsibility to listen. And that's a wrap. Thank you for being with us for another episode of Listening Ahead. There's one more favour we have to ask of you. Please take this opportunity right now on iTunes or your podcast app of choice and leave us a review. We'd also love to hear from you on Twitter, Insta or Facey. We're Listening Ahead on all three. Next time on Listening Ahead. My name is Rishi K. Sherway. You're listening to Song Exploder. Each episode of Listening Ahead is written and produced by Podgoals, where Ollie Monch... Alex Bailey Charteris, Tony Wall, and Alice Hamilton. Our theme music is from Ladyback, with thanks to and grabs from Bowerville on the Australian podcast.